0: Hey everybody, this is the Everyman Podcast. I'm Dan Doty, and you're listening to episode 23 with John Wineland. Hello everybody, hope you're doing well. Hope your October is is okay. Um, uh, feeling concern for folks in California with the fires, and feeling a bit of heaviness with all of the crazy shit that seems to be happening everywhere pretty consistently lately. Hope that everybody is safe and uh, sound and doing all right we have an episode today that I'm really proud of and excited for. My guest is John Wineland, and he is a men's work teacher and a speaker and a, and a workshop facilitator. He works with men specifically. He also works with mixed-gender groups uh, in the areas of intimacy, embodiment, spirituality. Uh, he's just a total um, fantastic, intelligent, grounded, and a powerful guy. And I've known him for about a year and I'm, I'm really excited to have him on the, the podcast and share what he does with with you guys and women and anyone who listens to this because uh, he takes a slightly he comes from a different background in the men's group stuff as every man not totally but a little bit and I feel like what he brings is crazy valuable. John's a 30-year-plus meditator of a Buddhist background, and he's also a longtime student of David Data. And David Data is an important figure in the men's world, and the men's work world. And uh, I I read David's book, The Way of the Superior Man, I think for the first time in my late 20s. It was probably 27 And it it made a big difference and it continues to make a big difference. Uh, And I think that, you know, what you what you'll hear in this podcast is what is intended to be. And what I feel proud to say is a slowed down uh, kind of back to basics version of of looking at that type of work or that type of approach to things. And uh, John's just a fantastic guy. And, and you know, one of his missions in life is to really spread and propagate the the spread of, of men's groups. And uh, so we're very aligned on that. And I, um, I think there's a lot to learn here. A um, couple updates about Everyman. We are, uh, I just, I feel embarrassed about all the times I've talked about our coming website and our tools and online portal. And uh, it's taken a lot longer than I expected. And I'm kind of new to this entrepreneurial game of, building websites and launching things. So um, I'm learning that I'm speaking of things probably too soon, uh, which is part of my nature. (laughs) I've never been good at keeping secrets. Uh, When it's time to give gifts for Christmas, if we have them a month early, I'm just like, well, why don't we just give them now? why don't we just uh, go ahead and do that? So uh, that's an impatience. And but I think also just a general excitement that comes from me. So I've been yakking about that for a while and um, I'm not going to make any hard promises, but the, the progress we've made there is really exciting. And I've been hearing from guys, i uh, been having some pretty exciting conversations in the past couple of weeks. Got um, a guy in, in Pennsylvania started a group. We have a group in Salt Lake City that's cranking. Got one in uh, Kansas City. My brother Sean started. I'm super excited about that. Shout out to him. Um, you know we have groups in Montana and Idaho and New York and some forming in Southern California. Uh, we got people interested in starting them in Denver and Boulder and Seattle and Austin and Minnesota and man like when I really look at it it's kind of everywhere uh, it's super exciting and we're getting there we're, we're gonna be able to support the heck out of these groups that's my job moving forward to support the heck out of these groups and then every once in a while run and do a retreat or a wilderness expedition uh, I'm telling you it's the life of my dreams um, so keep uh, abreast of what we're doing you can put your email in at everyman.co and you can follow us on social media and we've been getting some good traction with Instagram and Facebook and um, all that good stuff. we got some really cool stuff coming up. Our retreat at Racebrook in December. I think we have four or five spots left. So literally last call. These are going to go, I'm guessing, within the week here. Uh, which is good for us. That's We're sold out well in advance. That uh, bodes well for us. And so I thank you guys who have already signed up and who are interested. We've had a lot of people reach out. And say they're interested, and the dates don't line up. So, if you're considering it, make it happen, because um, it's it's going to come and go real quick here. Well, that's all I got today. Um, I, I again, thanks to John Wyland for taking the time to do this podcast, and I hope you guys enjoy it. <laughs> All right. Hello, everybody. Um, it's Dan Doty. I'm here with John Wineland. How are you doing, John?
1: Great, Dan. Nice to see
0: you again. Nice to see you, too. It's been, uh, it's been about a year since yeah. I think I think yeah. I saw or talk to you. Yeah. It's been a big year, too. I'm excited to yeah. open that up. Uh, where are you chatting to us from today?
1: Yeah, I, I come to you from uh, Santa Monica, California. I have a practice studio where I do my work and workshops, and that's, that's where we're coming to
0: now. Cool. Yeah. Um, I am working on my skills of introducing folks, but I'm, I'm going to let you tell, uh, my audience who you are, what you do, where you came from, what's important to you
1: just sure. quick and dirty. Sure. Yeah. I, I, I teach, uh, embodied men's work, uh, sexuality, spiritual intimacy. And so I tend to run a bunch of workshops and trainings, either for men who want to sort of deepen in their, embodiment meditation relational skills and then co-ed workshops for men and women to practice intimacy and uh so yeah i do that mainly here but i travel all around doing that i'm 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 just sort of a, a men's work nerd and um and an intimacy nerd and um you know so i i i've been working in this field for about 10 years now training with you know david who you know and a bunch of other people and um and so that's what I'm dedicating my life to helping men deepen and helping men and women love more fully cool
0: uh so i do i I know who David is, but I don't know that my audience necessarily does. Do you want to open that up a little bit
1: yeah i mean I, yeah if for if first of all, if your men are for men are listening, you know way of the superior man is kind of a um you know sort of a, a crucial book for understanding the feminine and just sort of learning the basics of Yogic sexuality and men's work. And um, that's the lineage that I come from. Um, but of course, there are many, many, many other teachers. David just happens to be one that I resonate with a lot and have been working with for a long time.
0: I can't believe it, John. But so I've, this is the 15th episode I've recorded. And. Mm-hmm. I have not yet mentioned David data or the way of the superior man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, (laughs) I'm kind of blown away right in this moment. So yeah, so I've, I've done training with David data that was massively impactful, huge that that book, the way of the superior man has been um, foundational and it's something I've gone back to several times in my life. And, uh, and it feels a little odd to say that and recognize that. So I can also claim being a men's work nerd and an intimacy nerd, all of these same things. But um, so I, I guess we'll just drop right into that and we'll hear more about you as this goes. But, uh, you, you know, every man in this platform that I'm creating and have created is, uh, as I said right before we started recording, in some ways, I'm hoping to create a uh, a broader culture of men willing to look inside themselves in a deeper way relate to others in a deeper way mm-hmm. and um, I think one of my main fundamental goals is to uh, I don't know help guys get to a place where they could look at David data's work or even just the word yogic spirituality mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and not run for the hills right 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 Um, so I'm, I'm curious uh, how did you, what did, how did you grow up? Where did you grow up? What brought you into this, uh, unique life that you are living?
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, if, if you're not living in Santa Monica or in certain parts of (laughs) the United States, yogic sexuality or spirituality could be a weird term, but let me, I'll, let me, I'll try and create a a different uh, lexicon of language. And I think using nervous system, Mm. So I consider the way I talk to men about this is I I really like to let them know that the work that we're doing, the breath work, the embodiment work, Mm -hmm. the Qigong work or yogic work, anything we're doing is just about strengthening your nervous system so that you can hold more, so that you have more energy to hold more from a woman or from a man or from life or your own emotions. And, And so our capacity, I believe, our capacity to show up most powerfully in the world is connected to the strength of our nervous system hmm. so i would I, let me use that instead of yogic right it's yeah, no, nervous great. system strengthening yeah
0: yeah no that's a great that's a great uh, uh i think clarification there too and and so maybe even deeper than that when you say nervous system how does that function in 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 reality and life what does that hmm. look hmm. like yeah that's a great question well you
1: know there's so much i have a friend who's actually who's a neuroscientist literally a okay. neuroscientist. And he's 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 looking into the effect of breath meditation, certain kinds of embodied practices on flow states, right? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you actually get into the state of flow? And um, and and so what he's determining, and what science is pretty much backing up now, is that you know the five thousand years of meditation and and yogic practice from people in India and China is actually right on with what neuroscience is talking about that we have we have different brain waves based mm. on how deeply we're breathing how relaxed our body is how open our body is and um, and most of the brain waves go from a state of fear which are called beta waves right to to alpha and you probably know this to alpha which is that sort of zoned out blissed out state of, of you know meditation or even watching TV mm-hmm. to theta which is this super Total body turned on, mind turned on, lots of endorphins, lots of dopamine, hmm. you know, really locked in, so to speak, flow, super flow states. So super okay. flow states are theta states. So when we work on our nervous systems, we're, through breath, through exercises, I mean, you know, um, we, we, uh, we tap into a deeper part of our capacity. Cool. Yeah, and and so the capacity, the everyday piece you asked about, would be something like the capacity to to stay relaxed and connected. Let's say to a partner Mm. in a difficult situation, a fight, Mm -hmm. for example, or a complaint, a complaining session, right? Which most men can relate to, right? How do I stay open and connected and not reactive? And the depth of our capacity to stay in those higher states of alpha and theta are related to how well we can handle stress hmm. and how we operate in stress. So, you know, science, neuroscience is pretty much backing up what, you know, what, you know, the the Chinese and the Indians have known for a long time.
0: Well, I really love that. Um, last couple of sentences there, like it, that seems super clear, being able to handle stress with more relaxation or more of a clear platform. Or, yeah. I, I mean, you could say that however you want, but mm-hmm. that's cool. That's really cool. I think that's something that, um, you know, Joe Johnson, who's a truck driver in Eastern Washington, he can, he can pick up on that. Sure. Sure. Um, and so this is
1: something everybody can do, Dan. I mean, I mean like this does not require any real special training, like a little bit of breath work, a a little bit of awareness practice. You know, this is something that every man can do to, to, to experience a little more, um, you know, kind of tap being tapped into the environment, being tapped into himself, that kind of thing
0: i c- i yeah I couldn't agree any i couldn't agree more than that i i agree with that to to the ends of my spectrum <laughs> that's so true um so we're just i'm just gonna keep, just keep barreling forward here the why so tell so here's another word mm. that I don't use very much but it's men's work right, right. i'm I'm actually trying to job, you know just transparently try not to use that because it's a it's a strange phrase it's a strange mm. Concept for a large part of our population and yeah. and uh so tell me your take on it. Where does it come from? What is it? What does it mean? Why is it so polarizing in some ways? Why is it Yeah, I'd love to hear your perspective
1: yeah thank you well you know and, and i'm coming from the like we talked about before the podcast where mm-hmm. um, i'm coming from a place where it's kind of normal you know <laughs> santa monica west los angeles right <laughs> yeah everybody's yeah. like everybody's got a men's group yeah. uh, but I, I forget and i'm glad you're reminding me that not everybody throughout the country really understands like hey what is this and why, right. why is it even helpful <laughs> um so the way i like to look at this is if you think about it through history there's been um, men's initiation rites, you know, mm-hmm. taking, taking, taking boys to men. Mm-hmm. And whether you grew up in the Amazon and you, you know, had a bunch of ants put on you to help you deal with death and pain or, or you know, in the, in the Jewish culture, for example, or in, in, a, in the Native American cultures, there, there's, there's been, for a long, long time, there's been this, this you know, ritual path from being uh, boys to men. Right. And over the last um, 100 to 200 years, that's pretty much disappeared. And so there's not a lot of ways that boys are trained, young men are trained to do the things that we just talked about, learn to open their nervous system. I mean, unless you're a martial artist or, you know, you have some kind of special training, there's really no way that, that boys and boys and young men are trained to be able to learn how to stay present in in the face of discomfort. Sure. To stay even, you know, even keeled and even headed to make decisions of leadership from that way. Mm. Hell, even like the concepts of leadership, which is, you know, I'm writing a book on masculine leadership because cool. I feel like that's been something that hasn't been really talked about over the last 50 years. So I think that when I talk about men's work, what I'm talking about is actually really just sort of re establishing or reintroducing things that have been with men since you know men used to meet 10,000 years ago in caves right and we right. would talk about we would talk about important things in the tribe and we would you know we would do rituals together or meditate together or smoke tobacco you know more, more recently together um, and just that kind of um, you know men sort of being together thinking about things that mattered for The world more than just themselves so to speak like the community that they were did something i think to men and and that that piece has been missing and so i i believe and i see this in most of the men i talk to that even your everyday joe is hungry for depth with other men
0: Yeah, i don't know you might have a different
1: experience but i see that a lot Yeah, yeah are
0: you kidding like yeah a guy drops into a group and they go go away with their mind blown and they're they're the whole system in a state of, like, whoa, that's <laughs> a big deal.
1: It's a I big didn't deal. even know that was possible, is what I hear a lot. Like, where exactly. the hell? Like, I didn't even know that we could do this.
0: Yeah, I mean uh, that was my first experience in New York City when I first yeah. sat with a group, which was a a, a data influenced group, mm. and I, you know, I in the course of three hours, I was more scared than I had been in years. I was uh, lit up and confused and just everything. Like just, I just left a, a different man. I did. I, yeah. And it, yeah. uh, what was your? i was just curious. What was your first foray into that into uh, this world?
1: Well, um, you know, I've been part of men's groups for. Tw- twenty some odd years now and it started with recovery. Like I got sober twenty two years ago. Got it. And I found myself gravitating towards men's recovery groups. Mm -hmm. And and those guys just saved my ass time and time again when I was really kinda new in recovery or a new I was a new dad at the time. I had a two year old who had special needs and I didn't know what it meant to be a dad. You know, my dad took off when I was quite young and Mm -hmm. I was raised with all women. So I literally learned how to be a dad by copying these other good men who cool. knew how to earn money and show yeah. up for their families and take their kids places and things like that. So, my first foray was just sort of the basic yeah. how do you be a decent guy men's group. Um, yeah. Uh,
0: that's amazing to hear. And I think, you know. I'm trying to break down um, some of the basic gifts that come out of men's groups, and I'm not the only one doing this. You know, this is out there, but I think there there is there are different levels, and I'm glad you shared that because I think that's one of the first immediate basic levels that comes out of uh, terms of value for a men's group is is, and that's what it was for me. I was 26, 27. My life was pretty chaotic. I didn't know what the hell <laughs> what to do, where to go. And I walked in this group and it was eight guys who were, who were successful. They were put together. They were working on, you know, internally they were developing as humans and it was just like automatic, uh, flood of mentorship, right? Just this, just this example, this, this simple shoulder to shoulder example of these other men. And, and, you know, there's a lot more going on in that group too, but, um, I think, that was the first real gift, you know. Yeah. It was it was a sense of that uh, I don't have to do this alone. You know, there's other yeah. guys that have done this, and we're all doing it, and we, it's just easier to do it together. Yeah, um,
1: mentorship. I like that term. I mean, I think that's a really that that yeah. really is applicable from my experience too. Like these guys mentored me, and when my daughter got sick and ended up in the hospital multiple times when she was young, these were the guys that showed up. Mm. You know, they would, they would bring meetings down to the hospital. Hmm. Uh, they would, you know, gather, you know, if we needed money, they'd gather money. And, and so what I learned was that, you know, growing up without, you know, both my grandparents died early, my father left early. So I, I was part of a generation of men hmm. um, that didn't have strong, you know, and there's a lot of us out there apparently that didn't have a strong father figure. And so I learned from these guys what it meant to show up for other men Mm. and show up for you know humanity and i also experienced for the first time what it meant to be really loved by men yeah you know what i mean and that was so healing for me yeah. you know that my nervous system was just like craving that and i think that i think that a lot of men these days are really you know there's play and there's joviality and guys have friends but like really deep healing, you know, masculine love, like the kind of love that's like, I've got your back no matter what, Uh, I'm going to make a stand, I'm a stand for your best self, no matter what, Um, I'm going to hold, I'm going to call you on your shit no matter what, because I love you and I know what, what you're capable of like that kind of love is, is, is what I think is at the core of a good men's group. And mm-hmm. you and I are both mm-hmm. big fans of this. So yeah. um, that's why I would send a man, you know, any man to a men's group to experience yeah. that.
0: What do you think is the main barrier culturally? And and it's, in, you know, I think there's obviously a million cultures in our, in our country, in our mm-hmm. society, there's a lot going on. And You know, I'm sitting here in Bozeman, Montana, which is a, which is a probably 60% liberal college town in a very red state. And I have men in my group who are, you know, one sells guns for a living and and one's a relationship therapist, you know, it's a very interestingly balanced group. Um, But just widening out for a moment, cultural, culturally, you know, culture wide, what? do you feel like our main barriers for men um, and not only just accessing men's groups or being willing, but also, also the the deeper love that, that may be available between men outside of men's groups. I mean, even that phrase, I think, you know, is going to send a handful of guys, maybe more than a handful running. Uh, yeah. what, what, why, why do you think that is? What, what do you feel are, are the barriers?
1: Well, that's a good, that's a really good question, Dan. I haven't really thought about what blocks, you know, sort of, quote unquote, like every man, you know, like normal yeah. guys, so to speak, Yeah. Uh, from taking advantage of this. I think, you know, what's coming to me now, and look, this is just my best guess, but I think because these last two generations of men have had less fathering mm. than virtual, and this isn't true across all cultures, but you know, Robert Glover's written on this, No More Mr. Nice Guy, and there's been a lot of studies on you know, generations of couple generations of men that have not had it. So they don't know what it's like in their nervous system. Got it. And many of them don't Got it. To, to like experience like what it means to have good fathering, right? Yeah. Um, or good healthy relationships with men. So I think that's one piece. And then the other piece I would say is that, you know, most guys are just really like laser focused on what they want to accomplish. Like if this, if this ain't going to get me more money or, you know, make me, make me, you know, help me finish my goal or get me laid, right. Then I'm not, and it does all those things. That's the funny thing you and I both know. (laughs) A good men's group will do all those things. But unless that's really clear, I think a lot of guys are just so laser focused that they'll sort of not really pay attention to it.
0: Cool. Cool yeah it's um it's so interesting you know i grew up in north dakota in a small town and uh it was very very monochromatic it was there was there was no cultural diversity no racial diversity um and you know obviously i've i've lived all over the world and all over the country and 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 seen much more more of life from them but you know i have i have such a, a warm tender spot in my heart for for guys uh that haven't necessarily um you know, experienced more, and and so you grew up in Santa Monica or California. That was your. Were you and I guess the other question in there, were you comfortable? Did you grow up in an environment that was allowed for comfort with emotion, spirituality? Was was that part of your life already? I guess is my question.
1: Yeah. So, um, yeah, I grew up because I was raised by so many women. Like I had my mother, my right. aunt, my three sisters, my grandmother, my, you know. So because of that, I, I sort of learned that emotions were good, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, so I, I'm very blessed that way. And my mom uh, became a Buddhist when I was seven. So oh, I, wow. grew, I grew up with Buddhism my entire life. So, yes, I'm, I'm kind of a weirdo in that way where I grew up. But at the same time, I had a pretty normal childhood. I played sports. I yeah. you know, dated girls. I surfed. I, I, I really you know, sort of didn't do anything. I didn't do anything too out of the ordinary. Um, so you know, kind of just a normal guy's thing. I think where I, now looking back, what I didn't get were the pieces of structure and discipline that oftentimes men teach other men. You Got know, it. fathers teach sons, like this is how you do X. This Got is it. how you do Y. I remember, uh, I remember the first time I asked a girl out on a date, Eileen Moore, I was, I was 13. <laughs> and it like, I waited all week to go ask her out on a date. And I walked up to her porch, you know, on a Saturday afternoon. And, and I walked up and I said, Hey, let's go to a movie. And her dad was behind her and he comes running out the door and literally almost throws <laughs> me off the porch and is just like, raw, raw, get away from my daughter. And I was so shell shocked by that. And I didn't, I remember looking back on that. I didn't have anybody to go talk to. Oh yeah. I didn't have a, I didn't have a dad or like yeah. an uncle or somebody that I could really just go like, what the, what the fuck just happened? And how, why do I like, how do I recover from that? And, uh, You know, I I think there's a, you know, my generation of men and guys who grew up, especially in, in urban America, there's a lot of that where we just didn't have men to go to really to talk about those things. So, you know, that's, I'm hoping that what we're doing in terms of trying to at least give men the resources of having that will be used.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um oh yeah I'm finding as uh, as we're talking John I'm just like I'm getting these insanely curious hits to hear your point of view on this stuff so I'm just going to keep yeah. going I'm I'm really Fair. like Fair. I one other thing that um he, here's here's another thing I hear and I see actually <laughs> just a little anecdote so I was on uh, the Joe Rogan podcast yeah. in April and it got seen by a lot of people and against um some fair warnings i went on youtube and i read a bunch of the comments on the podcast oh yeah yeah those are my my favorite one (laughs) my favorite one by far and a little context so i know joe because um i was part of the crew that took him hunting for the first time i've gone on four or five hunting trips with joe and oh cool so his audience kind of knows me as this hunting guy and uh so i get out there and i Talk about men's groups and my goals and mission to spread this into the world and emotions and all of this and and my fa- my favorite I crack I've time done think about it. One of the comments says this dude needs a ponytail. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that sums it up. I think right. it sums up like a reaction so perfectly. I mean, I've had a ponytail. I mean, fuck, you know, I've, I had a ponytail one time. <laughs> I Don't now, but um, I think that attitude there is two things i'm trying to drive toward here one is that uh, part of me thinks that the the, the men's uh, work the men's groups this thing in a sense is is simply reparative in in a in a way and it's it's some of the things that that we don't have in our culture and we need from our you know we need in our life and so it's 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 where we go to get something we don't we don't have right. and i feel that for a lot of men And this is a broad general statement again, but for a lot of men, the emotional connectedness, the relational connectedness and the spiritual connectedness are things that uh, we don't we're they're not handed to us. Not everybody. Right. And so what I'm trying to get at is that I feel like some of what my job is, is to. well, Well, here's what it sets up. It sets up something of 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 a. Uh, idea that men's work is all touchy feely all woo woo all uh you know mm-hmm. which is an, an immediate turnoff for so many yeah. people yeah and so my what i'm trying to do and what i hope to do is is like normalize somehow or go into those you know listen i, I like woo woo i'm fine i'll go there and then say hey this woo woo stuff doesn't right doesn't change you you know it's there's such huge tools in this emotional realm in this nervous you know nervous system all this anyway i'm babbling but i think you know what i'm driving at right right like um, yeah. yeah how so, much
1: how much woo-woo is actually needed in a good men's group and uh and yeah i you know i mean i think <clears throat> my experience is and i can't speak for every men's group because there's a lot of different kinds but the men's work that i was drawn to was very much around learning to cultivate and strengthen my own essential masculine.
0: Mm.
1: Right. So the men's, the men's work, quote unquote, the, the, the men's practice that I got really connected to was what it means to be, what it means to be a leader of a community, of a relationship, of a child, of other men. mm -hmm. And, what I needed to cultivate in myself to step into that role. So most of what I've done and what I try to teach, you know, um, is what are the skill sets? Cause they are skill sets, right? Right. They are skill right. sets. You know, yeah. what are the skill sets needed for presence for, right. you know, to engender trust in people to mm-hmm. communicate clearly and openly and kindly, but firmly, mm-hmm. right. To, in. To be so connected to something greater than my own desire for money or popularity or sex that I'm actually an inspiration to a few people. Right? And those kinds of things I think are are the kinds of men's work that I'm interested in. Cool. I am not interested in talks men sitting around talking about their feelings all day. I think yeah. I think the, the pendulum has swung way too far over to, hey, let's talk about, you know, when you do this, I feel X, Y, and Z. Now with that said, I think men, I think men do have things to feel, mm-hmm. and I think that having a place, a safe place to feel things I mean the, the men's suicide rate is higher than it's ever been across the world. Yeah. Um, women are basically taking over. <laughs> you know, in 30 years, 40 years, there's going to be more heads of state, lawyers, doctors. that's already happening. Under 30, women make more money than men.
0: Wow, I didn't know that one. Yep. That's true. Yep.
1: Wow. So just wait 30 years. I mean, that's – so So I think men know – on one hand, I think you're right. I think some of the men's work is reparative. Like mm. let's, but on the other hand, I think men know that the value that they used to bring to a relationship and to the world is changing. Hmm. It's no longer just about – especially in the urban areas. Maybe in rural areas it's different. Yeah. But it's no longer just about he makes the money, she stays home and takes care of the kids. Of course, women, women don't need us for that anymore. <laughs> Many of them make their own money. They, can, they don't even need us to have a child. And yeah. they're self-sufficient. So I think men are starting to intuit that we're in this place in, in the history of relationships, let's call it. That's how I like to look at it. Cool. Where masculine values being redefined. Hmm. And I think, of the, I think the men's work moving forward um, is going to have to address that. Because what used to be valuable to a woman is becoming less and less valuable. And in 10, 20 years, how much money we make and what kind of protector we are will matter not a bit. It'll matter how present we are, how deep we are, how tapped into something, how grounded we are. Those things will have much more value than, than they have in the past
0: amazing yeah I, I, if if you want i would love for you just to kind of dive even deeper into those qualities into those just the basics you know just sort of like the the broad central basics of of what you think is going to be of value for a value from men or and and one other question and you don't it can come up front or later i'm curious about this um idea of masculinity do you feel like it is a prescriptive definition or more a descriptive definition is it something that we try to lay on top of ourselves to be, or is it something that's already there? That's, that's an important question to me. Yeah,
1: no, I think that yeah. is a very important question, Darren. I think, I think ultimately, and I come from a very specific way of thinking about mm-hmm. this, our masculine is just there. Okay. The part of me that is, that is never changed,
0: mm-hmm.
1: the part of me that is still and deep, the me that was me before I even had a name, <laughs> that's what I consider mas- my masculine, right? Okay. My feminine and the feminine is everything else. And I take this directly from David because I think it really, it really resonates for me. Yeah. The feminine is everything else. My emotions, my thoughts, the world, her. But my essential masculine is really related to my depth and my stillness. And those don't change. Hmm. So I think it's something. Now, what happens is we lose contact with that. Okay. We, I think men lose contact with that
0: naturally, or through through just society, or just yeah. I think, I think through
1: society, yeah, and I yeah. think over the last twenty years, there's been kind of a, a gender. I don't want to say gender confusion because that, that that's kind of derogatory. What I'm saying is that there's been you know more fluidity developed. Like yeah. if, okay. if, You know, my daughter just graduated high school and the, you know, the, the, the the way that masculine feminine traits flow between the boys and the girls is incredible. Hmm. So fluid. Hmm. And so I think that just, I think that, um, a man's capacity to be still and grounded is innate and yet it can be practiced. (laughs) Right. That's so I think quote. both.
0: That's, that's the quote that's going on this podcast. A man's <laughs> capacity. No, I want to say that again. That was so, that was so uh, poignant. A man's masculine. A man's
1: capacity to be still and grounded is okay. innate. Okay. But it can also be practiced. Beautiful. Right. You know, yeah. and, and, and so I think both are true, man. Yeah. The, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's descriptive and, and, you know, good, good masculine practice in my opinion. And you've right. done this cause you've gone to some of the work that I've done. Or, and and is about and is about de- getting so connected to the part of me that is still and grounded that everybody else can feel it.
0: That I love it. I love yeah. it. Tell me more. Still and grounded. What does it look like? What does wow. it feel like? How, what is the practice to be there? And why? I mean, that's not. I believe the the cultural uh, definition of masculinity. I I get it myself. Like I, I totally get it. And I think it's worth fleshing out a little bit more that, um, because it's confusing, man, that to use gendered terms for these parts of ourselves, it is confusing. I think that's something that's always through me a little bit is that, okay, so that's the masculine part of me. And so that's, I got to do that. If I'm going to be a man and my man, you know, it's, it gets confusing. So how do you cut through that?
1: Yeah. Well, that's it. That there's a huge, that's a huge uh, area. Um, but I think if you, if you, if you dive farther back in history, there's yin and yang, Sure. There's alpha, omega. Like every, sure. you know, every culture has kind of known that there's sort of an essential masculine and essential feminine. Mm. But I do think that to answer your question, you know, for me, being still and grounded means to literally feel myself rooted hmm. right? uh, to the earth, mm-hmm. to the moment, um, to my to my to my lower body. Mm-hmm. You know, so many men end up living, you know, between their heart and their head and they actually resonate at a different level. Like the frequency of a man who's thinking, 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 talking, talking, talking. All, yeah. It's a different frequency yeah. than a man who's living from his gut, so to speak. Yeah. And so what I try to teach men and what I try to practice myself is how to use breath and awareness and literally stillness to train my body to live in my gut and in my hips and my lower body, my genitals, so that I'm so that I actually occur or appear more grounded. Mm-hmm. And if I if I put a man in front of a woman and I and I say, feel where this man's living and what's the impact it has on you, yeah. he'll have a whole different experience from a man who's living From a grounded place to a guy who's thinking 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 and i think i know you've had that experience but i I, most guys don't even recognize that there's that distinction to make you know Uh,
0: no that's so powerful yeah Yeah. just i just that bears repeating again that if if you have two guys in a room in a crowd and uh, a woman steps up and one man is up thinking in his head just spinning spinning thinking thinking the other guy breathes deeply into his body um, it is it is night and day the 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 experience that that woman and that crowd of people has of that man and it's it's this sort of subconscious deeper lower way of relating to one each other and and that's you know in our in our every man groups and in what I practice like that is it's that dropping into the body slowing down and starting to. And it is, it is a brilliant moment in like in David's workshops and in his videos online and stuff to, to see and feel the resonance and the difference. I think yeah. that like, that to me feels like a door that opens, like even if you just see that, it's like yeah. opening a door, that door's not going to shut again. It's no, like, that's
1: definitely Whoa. like the red pill or the blazer. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like the, you can't, you yeah. can't come back. Yeah. You can't come back. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that, I, I think that what, what I would love men to know is that they actually can do some simple things mm. that would help them live in that place a little more
0: mm-hmm.
1: and make decisions from that place and love their woman from that place and, you know, and hold their child from that place. And if, mm-hmm. if they practiced it and it became a trait versus a momentary state, right. then, then the world would experience them deeper. I, I, here's what I know, they'll get more money because yep. people just want to be around depth. <laughs> yeah. People will pay them. Uh, women will have a whole different reaction to them. And people will trust them more. Yeah. And so I guess if, if the everyman is looking for a reason to practice, you know, the kind <laughs> of stuff we're talking about, I see it over and over again, man. People yeah. trust you more. They will give you more money. And women will want to have more sex with you.
0: <laughs> That's a pretty compelling. Subject. I mean, I, I don't know <laughs> how much
1: compelling. more incentive these guys yeah. need, but yeah, I've seen it again and again.
0: To, so to live with more depth and to, and to, to exist with more depth. And I mean, do you equate that depth back to the nervous system in a sense? Is, is that in the theta states or, or, or those deeper states? What does that you know, just for somebody who maybe doesn't, hasn't experienced this, but what does that mean? I mean, does it change who you are? Does it change how you interact with people? I mean, are you walking around like a a stiff meditator the whole time or, you know, what, what does it look like? Right. That's such a
1: great question, Dan. Thank you for diving into these nuances because I Mm. hadn't really thought about them. So I I appreciate you bringing it, bringing it this way. Yeah. Um, So to me, sort of going through the day with more depth means I'm aware of where I'm placing my awareness mm-hmm. and I'm placing my awareness in the, th- on the things that really matter. Okay. So for example, uh, the classic one is I'm, I'm aware of, of death. Okay. I'm aware that death could happen any moment. I'm aware that, you know, in, in, you know, in warrior training, ancient warrior training, men were taught, be aware because death is five seconds away, mm. 10 seconds away, tomorrow. Mm. And how do you want to live if death is close? And so the minute that I put my awareness on, wow, what if this was my last day? I actually, something drops in me
0: mm.
1: and something feels more. Like I'm focused now. Like, where do I want to come from? That? How would I live my life if that's the way I was looking at the world?
0: Yeah.
1: You know, another way is if my awareness is being placed on, for lack of a better term, the infinite. Okay. Or something greater than just my own thoughts and needs and desires. My nervous system actually slows down. I can feel it. It relaxes. My brain starts to pump out different. Um, chemicals mm-hmm. and I start to occur both to myself and other people different. So this state of depth is really about me being aware of where I'm placing my awareness. Even if I just place my awareness on my breath for three minutes. Got it. Belly rising, belly falling, you know, just simple yeah. shit like that. Yeah. Um I'm going to feel more And if you put me in front of somebody, they'll feel it too. Or you, any of us, right? Yeah. We'll feel different and we'll actually evoke from the people we're around a different experience.
0: Right. And I would, you know, as opposed, so putting your awareness perhaps on death, the infinite, your breath, any of these things, as opposed to... (laughs) <laughs> what I guess, like, uh, like, um, like yeah, what I have to do off. next week? Yeah, yes. the guy who
1: cut me off. What I need to do? Why yeah. isn't why why isn't it going my way? No. Why is my woman giving me shit again? Why is the, you know most most of us? And look, I'm. This is I do. You know I do this all the time too. Yeah. Um, our minds normally go to what needs to happen for us to get what we think are our needs filled.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'd say 92 to 94% of the time, our minds and our thought, we're actually, they've actually proven that we're thinking the same thoughts almost 80, 90% of the time, Whoa. same, same kinds of thoughts again, 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 yeah. and again. Yeah. And, and so awareness practice for me is about breaking that loop and right. saying, all right, I could think the same thoughts, where's mine? Right. Some some version of where's yeah. mine? Yeah. Um, or why isn't it happening the way I want it to happen? Or I could deepen my thought. You know, another way to deepen is to put my awareness on somebody I love. That's cool. You know? Like That's if cool. I if I put my awareness on my, my on my girlfriend or my daughter, I just I'm not thinking about me and my habitual thought patterns. I'm feeling her. I'm feeling the way she's feeling. How is she um what does she need tonight to feel deeper more connected to love or you know it's a different experience
0: oh i'm so glad you said that that. and that's so So, feels so so true true. to me and it's something i try you know i i suck at it half the time or most of the time but i try to when i'm with my wife you know really and my son too really really just be there you know my attention's on them i try to do that what, why is that so hard? And what do you think, I mean, is there a ramp up sort of practice or process to be able to do that better? Yeah. Just, you,
1: know. you know what, man? That is the, I think that is the massive challenge for almost every guy I know okay. is, to, is to become a discipline, a disciplinarian of your own awareness. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if we were, if we were samurais, mm-hmm. right, you know, mm-hmm. a few hundred years ago, we would spend our whole childhood – Right? Ten, yeah. tw- 10, 15 years learning how to place our awareness on very specific things. Beauty, um, emptiness, uh, specific movements. And we would literally train for years or yeah. a martial artist. We train for years. Yeah. Okay. And so we have not been taught that, the men in modern Western society. So yeah, we have to – it's like turning the freaking Titanic around to get our <laughs> minds like disciplined to like, whoa, okay – let me slow down and, and really be disciplined with where I place my attention. Hmm. And so the way that that starts to answer your question, I think, is always with breath. So let me just start by taking one or two or three nice breaths in where I place my attention on my breath. And when I do that, I'm literally taking my attention from somewhere outside of the present moment more often than not right. to the very inside of my body. I'm literally following my breath in my body. So I immediately become quote unquote embodied, Mm.
0: right?
1: Right. Because my awareness is in my body. And then from there, if I, once I get connected to myself and I feel I've taken, you know, three or four or five breaths in my belly and I can feel the inside of my body, I can then place that same awareness inside my wife's body Hmm. and literally feel her move through the house or through the kitchen and and f- literally put my awareness and feel her heart, feel the way her body's moving, feel is she in pain, is she happy, is she hmm. in pleasure, is she annoyed? Yeah. And the moment I, I I literally practice placing my awareness there, and I'll keep it there for as long as I can, usually it's not that long because it's yeah. hard, yeah. but when I do it, it changes the way I, f- I feel so much more with the people that I'm with yeah. and and she feels it. You
0: know? Yeah. I mean, she, she feels like and what I is have that? my
1: attention on her.
0: Yeah. Got it. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. Who was I just talking to? Somebody I was just interviewing or talking to was saying that he felt, I was a guy named Ezra Firestone, and he said he feels that attention is the biggest commodity in the world right now, which I thought was a really interesting way to put it. But, but yeah. So when, so John, when you are able to really put your attention on your girlfriend or your daughter, what, like, what is the, what is the effect? What is the, the, I mean, I can assume or guess, but Mm -hmm. what does it do for you and them? I guess.
1: Yeah. Well, I immediately, I immediately get in resonance with them. And sometimes, you know, depending on how she feels, I can, you know, if she's not feeling well, I'll feel that Mm -hmm. once I train to put my awareness, like, Oh wow. Mm -hmm. But I think, I think, it's really about if I put my awareness on her and I just kind of, you know, this is okay. This might fall into a woo woo category. So I apologize for that, but I can put my awareness on her and just kind of like place love there. Got it. I can just, I can consciously place love inside my woman's body and maybe I'll breathe a little bit with her or I'll feel her and I'll, I'll, you know, maybe I'll even send her a little blessing. It's Mm -hmm. like, you know, just bless you. And I, I think what happens to me is I get relief from the constant never-ending state of what's next. What more do I have to do? You know, masculine tends to be a lot of guys I know are constantly looking for the next thing, That they accomplish something and there's something else. And then there's something else and something else and something else. And by getting present to the people in my environment and myself and the environment itself, whether it's the woods or a room, I, I, land in the present moment And my nervous system kind of relaxes and I just feel more presence. I would, I would say Ezra said that attention, I would say presence is the most precious commodity Mm. in the world, but they're kind of the same thing. Um, presence, awareness. Oh yeah. Amazing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, not kicking myself, but I just, uh, (laughs) I just did some dumb shit last night with my wife and it was, it was, uh, definitely not a disciplinarian of my attention. <laughs> <and> <laughs> so just kind of reckoning with that as we talk. Um, yeah. So tell me more. So you, you, gave a little background or, or on what masculine masculinity or masculine qualities are, I think to balance it out, I think it's really great and helpful to do that sort of core center basis on th- like the yin to the yang here. Ex- mm-hmm. ex- explain how that works. And, and, uh, I think that, you know, one of the massive things I, in my late twenties and when I really was into uh, David's books and work and, and all of that, so much of it for me was about relating to, at the time, my girlfriend and then women I was dating. And um, so, yeah, flesh that out a little bit for us. Mm, you mean like
1: what would be the quintessential feminine yes. aspect? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, you know, if, if you if if you say the depth, stillness, um, presence, awareness, consciousness, you know, the masculine, essential masculine lives as, is consciousness, mm-hmm. the unchanging consciousness. Mm-hmm. So as I express my, the depth of my own consciousness, meaning the depth of my own essence, call it soul, call it, you know what I mean? Like the sure. essence of me, um, I'm, I'm, I'm expressing my masculine, right? Okay. It could be playfully. It doesn't have to be like stiff. You know what I mean? Like it could yeah. be in, in all yeah. kinds of. But, but the 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 defining traits are really around consciousness and depth. And and the feminine, at the feminine core is love. Not just a woman's feminine, but my feminine, your feminine, the feminine cool. rests as love. Cool. And and so anything that expresses the energy of love is the quintessential feminine and feminine Mm -hmm. practice. So that could be playfulness. It could be sexual energy. It could be, um, uh, flirting. It could be devotion. It could be, uh, whatever, whatever you want to call the expression of love. Um, that comes from the feminine and it could be a man has both. A woman has both, Mm -hmm. but a man, most men, most men, not all, most men prefer stillness, depth, consciousness. Most women prefer the expression of love. Hmm. And once they, they kind of can f- figure that out for themselves and say, you know what? I'm more comfortable being love's expression. Then she figures out what that means for her. Yeah. And when a man figures out like, you know, I'm, I'm more comfortable, most comfortable really resting and, and, and really staying in touch with my own consciousness – then the rest of our life, we figure out. Well, what does that look like? How is my consciousness expressed in the world? Do I start a podcast for men? Do I <laughs> yeah. write a book? Yeah. Do I, you yeah. know, what do I do that's going to be the deepest expression of who I am? And and I think that you know both of those. I'm not sure I'm answering your question. I'm just no, kind of riffing totally on. Are. Yeah. yeah. No, you yeah. To- you totally yeah. are.
0: And I yeah, and I really appreciate that last phrase you said. The uh, you know how to how do I express. Or how do I be the deepest expression of of who I am? I think the the three words "Who am I?" Uh, have been this just mystical, magical, ever changing. I feel like to me that's just like a giant question mark, right? And and it, it just excites me, and it's something that um, I love deep digging into myself and with other men. And, and I think that, um, I'm just kind of putting this together on the fly here, but you know, this, this sort of, um, structure of masculine and feminine, however one regards it, I, th- I think that it's, it's a, it's a wonderful structure to drive toward that more of a, you know, moment by moment answer to that question of, of who one is. Cause who, you know, who are we really at the core? That's, I mean, I'd, so yeah. So is that. Uh, yeah, I'd follow that lead if you can. Like the, the 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 deepest expression of who we are. I I think that, um, what the hell? What the hell what is the hell does that? that? mean, yeah. yeah. What the hell does that mean? Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I mean, look, I'm I'm just a, I'm a babe in the woods, you know, giving this my best shot because this is this is what philosophers yeah. have been discussing forever. Yeah. But for me, you know, what this means is. If I get quiet enough and I get aware enough and I practice really having emotional awareness, yep. having body awareness, you know, being aware of my environment, myself, and I practice awareness enough, certain truths are going to start to bubble up for me. Yep. Um, and those truths will start to feel like destinations that i have to go to got it you know what i mean like for me it was the men's group thing like i want to start a 500 a thousand men's groups around the world like that just became like it came to me one day and i was like you know what fuck it let that's that's what i that if i could do that and i died knowing that i started you know helped start or helped inspire or trained guys who trained guys i don't care how it happens yeah um a thousand men's groups in the world, I would have a big ass smile on my face about that. And, and so I think the trick is, is that we have to slow down enough as men. Cause again, men are like boomer, you know, we tend to be like robots, like, you know, earn money, take care of our kids. And we get into this rhythm and we have to slow down enough for those truths to really start to bubble up. And when they do, We have to have men around us who are going to hold us to living those truths Hmm. because they resonate with them as well. Like you could go to the men in your men's group and you're like, you know what? I want to do a movie on this. Yep. Right. And the other guys in your group will go, shit, that sounds great on you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. Like I'm, I'm with you. And, yeah. and, and then if two months later you start going, well, you know, forget about that. I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to They'll be like, but wait, wait. Yeah. They'll be like, no, yeah. no, no, man. Yeah. That was, that was on it. And, and yeah. you were so happy and you were so locked in and you felt so trustable. Yeah. And, and so that's also a, a massive value of having a good group of men around you, whether it's a men's group or whatever, but having mm-hmm. men around you who can hold you to that.
0: Here's a, this question just came, do you, have you built into your life relationships and, um, you know, structure and accountability and partnerships that I, I guess I'm, I'm, my question is how much of that type of interaction have you, uh, built into your life outside of it? Like, I'm, do you sit in a regular men's group right now today? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How much of that sort of, um, depth and intimacy has spread to your other relationships
1: Oh, a, a, a ton. Like just awesome. my capacity to be yeah. present, awesome. um, my capacity to speak a truth. Okay. Because right? I was terrified to say a true, you know, give, give my truth to another man that I was intimidated by or I felt was, you know, better yeah. than yeah. me or yeah. more advanced than me. And so to train my nervous system to sit there and go, no, 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 man, I think you should be doing this or mm-hmm. that doesn't feel true or to accept his criticism
0: mm-hmm.
1: and his feedback about me. Once, I, once my nervous system got trained, then I step out into the real world and I'm with a, you know, a, I'm with a, a business associate or a right. vendor or, right. you know what I mean? And I need right. to like, you know, put my foot down or make a clean yeah. boundary yeah. Um, or with my woman, I need to make yeah. a clean boundary. Like my nervous system has practiced that <laughs> yeah. and now I yeah. can actually deliver without getting nasty or bitchy about it or disconnected because i practiced with men that I trust.
0: Yeah, that's so cool. And I I see it come into fruition all around me. And you know, a guy will come into our group and maybe he's fairly new and you know, he digs around a little bit and finds, you know, what he's not saying out loud, what he's not owning, mm-hmm. says it out loud so we ask him, say it, say it out loud here and then it it you know, it makes it a little less scary to go home and say it to the people that it really needs to be said to. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah. And you got to practice that. I mean, you, yeah. you know, if your nervous system does not know how to say, yeah. I don't like X, then you can't just expect your, it's like saying, I want you to start with bench pressing 400 pounds. You know, Perfect. you need to practice, right. you know, and like right. bench press 200 <laughs> and get your nervous system and your body ready for it. So that when the time comes,
0: you can do that. Totally. Right. Um, two quick questions. I guess they are linked together. Um, I held one long enough that I got linked to another one. Um, one of the, so I, I started, uh, a, a coaching guys in the last four months too, which has been remarkable, actually surprisingly, uh, filling. I've, I've loved the process of it, but one of the things that's kind of emerged is that, um, one way I've described what I've been doing just personally, I don't think I've said it publicly yet, but sometimes I describe what I'm doing with guys is ninja training for sensitive guys. And when I say sensitive, I don't mean just weepy, (laughs) you know, I mean guys who could feel a lot guys Mm -hmm. who guys, and maybe have been feeling a lot for their whole life and don't know, um, you know, don't really like don't know how to fit that into the world necessarily. And so, so I, if you have any comments or thoughts on that, I'm I'm curious if you think that, um, I think that these men's groups in general, regardless of what exactly they're doing and how exactly they're doing it offers an opportunity for us to exercise parts of us that maybe we haven't had an opportunity before, but this sort of sensitivity, this energetic or emotional or inter, you know, relational sensitivity, Um, is that, is that part of, do you find that guys guy? I mean, is there any resonance with their, that sort of sensitive guy training? And then also, I guess is what is the, uh, the archetype if there is one for guys that come to you that are looking to work with you? Like, like, Mm. is Mm. there, is there a type of guy that, that is drawn to you?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, you know, I'm, I'm, I fall into that category of sensitive guy.
0: Me too. Like, I, I, you know,
1: like I feel a lot and I have ever since I was a kid Yeah. and I just didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. So, so in the parlance of masculine feminine, cause we've been talking a little bit about that, you know, my feminine, my, my the part of me that feels the part of me that feels a lot, emotes a lot, has a lot to, has a lot going on in there. Um, is quite active. Mm. So all throughout my life, my feminine was very active, but nobody actually taught me what it meant to ground in stillness. Sure. So my emotionality sure. would get the best of me over and over no. and over again. Not only would I be more sensitive and like get hurt easier, right? Or I was just, my I didn't have thick skin, right? right. I just just didn't. And I had to learn how to be able to, to, like, to, to develop the capacity, let's call it, I like the term capacity, yep. to really rest as stillness and grounded, breathing deep, literally feet plugged into the earth, feeling all of that, and then be with my feminine, my sensitivity, my own. So right. I had to develop my own healthy masculine. Mm -hmm. Most of us have, you know, depending on how our fathers were, but many of us are raised with a toxic masculine, overwork, um, uh, overbearing, controlling, you know, I mean, a lot of guys that I know of, um, um, we weren't raised actually with a healthy masculine, you know, somebody who was, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, totally, man. Yeah. And so, so, so I had to develop that for myself. And so I am definitely a, I I fall into that sensitive guy category and I feel now I've got both. Yeah. I'm just as sensitive. And I'm continually, and the more I do this work and the more I teach and the more I keep training with my teachers, the, I actually get more sensitive, meaning I can feel what my girlfriend's doing in the other room. Yeah. I can feel like what's happening with my daughter across the town. I can I can feel what's happening with my, I mean, I have 50, 60 clients between groups and th- I right. can feel, all, I can feel them all the freaking time. Yeah. And if I don't have something to ground me, it'll make me crazy.
0: Amazing. Yeah. No, that, yeah, no, that's amazing to hear that. I'm, I'm just uh, reflecting on my own. You know, one of the sort of taglines I've been working with is this idea of full spectrum. Uh, you know, either full Ooh. spectrum masculinity. I don't know if that's right, or just full spectrum experience. I love that term. I love that yeah. term.
1: I do, man. That full spectrum masculinity is a. I, I think that's a spot on term.
0: Yeah, because yeah. and that's you know that's just coming from my personal experiences that I know for a fact that. I I am a an alpha domineering, you know, sort of like fucking man's man. And I like just have this overwhelming sensitivity to, to others and energy and, and, and all of this stuff. And I just needed, you know, I think I think a lot of my drive toward all of this has been <laughs> I needed to carve out a place in the world and a way to live where I could allow all myself to be there, you know, mm-hmm. and and I see that happening on on, uh, you know, different levels and different scales for guys that are that are doing that. And, and part of that is my, really my call to action. And that's why I asked that question earlier about prescriptive versus descriptive. And, and yeah, man, my dream is really for um, us to create a culture that allows guys to be who they really deeply are, you know, and just allows us to feel and express that each part of us, that full spectrum of life. And, um, yeah, and I, I have an aversion to trying to prescribe too much of, of what that is. And I think, I think I'll probably get over that one day, but, uh. well,
1: I think that's probably, that's probably smart, man. You know, yeah. it's, it's hard to, it, you know, I think we, we teach what we need to learn <laughs> Yeah, and, and, yeah. you know, I, yeah. the guys that I train, I, I'm, I'm pretty adamant about, look, if you want to teach anything that I'm teaching you, my only request is that you practice the hell out of it first. Right. Like, you know, you get it in your body, you really, if you're going to teach some kind of Qigong practice, get it. If you're going to teach a breath practice, get it. Um, And because then we've, we've now, we're now transmitting something, not just regurgitating something. Yep. And uh, so I think that I love that idea of full spectrum masculinity because it is, you know, we're all of it. Yeah. We're the sensitive guys who care deeply about the world and the people we love and, and, you know, we're also driving towards something that requires a massive amount of will and energy and focus and, mm-hmm. you know, and fierceness, you know, get out of my fucking way. I've got something to do yeah. and, I, and I'm going to do it. And um, yeah. I, think all, I, think, I think, you know, men need to, to feel all of those things in order to ultimately be complete yeah. or feel satisfied with yeah. who they
0: are in the world. Yeah. Amen to that. Um, One thing just to to bring up, which I'm pretty excited to share, and maybe I alluded to it in my, in my email when we were chatting, but you know, we spoke about a a year ago, had a, had a call, and you asked me you know what's the one thing you want to make happen what's the cool. biggest thing and and i shared that it was a wilderness experience um, men's work wilderness experience and i just i gotta share man I'm, I'm proud as hell to say yesterday we sold out our first seven day expedition in yellowstone and then awesome. bringing 14 guys out in the wilderness first for, for awesome. a full deep dive and uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. that's great, man. am feeling proud of that right now. I'm
1: jealous. I'm jealous, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just I am dying for some nature right now, man. Yeah? Yeah. Oh. Living in the city, I, I, I'm going to the Redwoods next weekend, so I, I can't wait, but yeah, yeah.
0: Is that part of your practice in your life? Do you, do you, do you, do you get out into the into nature?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I grew up near the ocean, so I surf a lot. And and so, but recently in the last five years or so, I've really been called to the mountains and the high desert. Cool. And so one of my dreams, I'll share it, is to create a, I'm creating Mm -hmm. a retreat center in New Mexico. Awesome. Where I'm going to teach and live and have people come and do workshops and things like that. So I'm, I'm very much, uh, you know, being called into the woods and out of the city myself. A,
0: good for you close yeah. to santa fe or taos or, or yeah anywhere?
1: probably somewhere between albuquerque and santa fe because nice. i want it to be you know 30 minutes outside of albuquerque or so maybe the back road from albuquerque to santa fe but yeah i'm 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 i'm, I'm that's i'm i'm solely focused on that man so hopefully this time next year we'll talk again and i'll, I'll already have
0: bought a piece of land amazing good for yeah. you yeah oh, man yeah. Anything else that you have going on in, in terms of like immediate things guys could jump on or just, just larger scale, like, yeah, share, share a little more about what you're doing and, and you know, what's up.
1: Yeah. Um, let's see. So I run a year long men's training, which actually next year is probably going to be nine months, um, that has men's weekends in it. And it's a training for men who want to take a deep dive into the stuff that we're talking about. So that'll be cool. again, probably starting in March. Uh, This year we did intensives in London and then in LA and then I have a weekend in New York. I've got, I don't know, half a dozen spots left for a weekend that I'm doing in New York in early October. Mm -hmm. So if you go to my website, you'll see that. And, um, And then I love teaching men and women together. That's become a big thing. I have a weekend. Actually, I'm teaching in a couple of days with a woman named Kendra Kunoff. I don't know if you know Kendra, but
0: you know, I follow fantastic. her on on Instagram, and and I feel like I know her, and I, I kind of want to know her. <laughs> she's
1: awesome. She's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So I teach. I teach with her, and we run a a relationship salon that is men and women working in this sort of masculine, feminine, sexual polarity realm. Cool. And that's a small group. It's 14 people. So. Those are the two things. The one thing I'm doing this year that is new because I've had more and more women clients come to me mm. is I'm actually starting a, a small women's group on on relationship practice and and it's been the first time I've ever wanted to do that or felt called to do that. But but I am I am going to spend I'm going to have a small group that starts probably in October November that is just women.
0: Good for you. That's cool. Yeah, That's we'll exciting.
1: see. I mean, if any of the yeah yeah right, yeah. I, I've I'll, I'll see. You. Either either will love it. Yeah. Or I'll leave it screaming and bloody, you know, but, you, but I'll certainly give it my best shot.
0: Are you still doing a, um, a workshop on The Way of the Superior Man? Or is that maybe that's done? Yeah, or... yeah,
1: no, no, yeah. it's been all yeah. year. It's been all year and we've done something online, which I don't think we'd ever do again because mm. so much of the work is meant to be. But yeah, Justin and I, both of us assist for David and we do this, um, this, this, we're doing sort of a chapter by chapter work on The Way of the Superior Man. And we have guys come to my space in Santa Monica once a month cool and we go through it. So it's been a, it's been a groovy experience, but you know, I'm a big fan of the, a weekend immersion. Yeah. You know, get guys into a state yeah. together and really, cause that's where I think things really, you know, change and crack open. And so I, I I'm, I'm going to go more. I don't like the three hour workshop anymore, man. I'm, I'm kind of a depth yeah. junkie. So I'm like, yeah. give me a weekend. That's, that's, that's the minimum I'm going to do now.
0: Cool. Yeah, yeah. I can relate to that. The, I, yeah. I like the, I like the deeper dives. Well, hey, John, I um, I am so grateful. I think that there is, I shouldn't, I shouldn't do something like this. But I think there's so much here. I'm I'm glad you you came on. I'm gonna I'm gonna require or um, I suggest to my to to my um, uh to my audience here to to really listen and pay attention to this conversation. And my hope is that it becomes a, um, a path or, or a springboard into, into really looking into more of this because at every man we're, we're not talking about, we're not taking out the masculine feminine qualities. It's it's we're, we're doing a different thing. And I believe that what you're doing, John is so, I mean it's been so foundationally important to me and, and, and I wanna help other guys uh, connect to that and, and find more of that for themselves. So um I highly recommend guys um look you up and look up David Data and really really take a dip dip um uh, not just the toes but you know take a step into that world. I think it's um every time that even in this conversation, every time I, you know, flip through the way that Samir Man or just any time I get a little hit of it it, it really I don't know. sets me sets me in a in a well grounded sort of place, and I really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, so Thank and
1: you, Dan. well, I'm I'm so happy about what you're doing, and I and uh, you know I'm so glad that it's like sounds like it couldn't have worked out any better for you, man. So I'm happy, yeah. and and uh, and you know, let's let's you know, here's to you know, wouldn't it be great five years from now if we were talking about you know the hundreds of guys and hundreds of groups that we were helping to to you know help guys start and they they were able to, you know, spread this stuff to their families and their communities, that would feel really good.
0: Yeah, man. Our our mission at or our vision at Every Man is a million guys. That's our Awesome. Goal. We're, working awesome. we're building awesome. Yeah. awesome. So let's do it. <laughs> right on, right on, brother. All right. Okay. Thanks for your time, man. Take care. Yeah, yeah you're welcome.